Talking Pharmacy is brought to you in partnership with Beatrice, supporting pharmacy across RX dispensing, retail and OTC sales and patient service delivery. Hello, I'm Richard Thomas, editor of Pharmacy Magazine, and welcome to this Talking Pharmacy Extra podcast. We're at about the halfway stage of PSNC's consultation exercise that will help inform the development of a new vision and strategy for the sector. It will also, it is hoped, underpin future negotiations between PSNC and government. This is the first opportunity for contractors, LPCs and anyone else who is interested to share their thoughts with the Nuffield Trust and the King's Fund who are leading on the project to help inform their thinking as they develop the new vision and strategic options for community pharmacy. So it seemed a good time to catch up with PSNC Chief Executive Janet Morrison for a quick progress report and to find out more about why this is such an important initiative for the future of community pharmacy in England. Here's what she had to say. Thanks, Janet, for coming on to the pod. So, we're well into the first consultation period on the new vision and strategy. What's been the response like so far, and any early indication as to what people are saying? Well, there's been a great response in terms of when we announced the uh, project was beginning. Um, Lots of organisations said, um, this is very timely, this is what we need to do, and we need to switch up the dial. Um, So that's been really helpful. Um, And we've been very widely talking to contractors, to LPCs, to the other sector bodies, to government and everyone that we want to engage across the health sector as well. Um, The consultations opened. What I know is we've had around uh, 25, 30 sort of responses so far. Um, And I hope that we can encourage lots of people to put in um, their views and to help shape it uh, for the future. I haven't looked in detail at any of those responses yet. I think we're going to wait till we've got a body of them to really see what the key themes are. I think the questions are very open, so I think it's going to make, you know, collating them quite a challenging task. But I would imagine that people are thinking about, you know, the future sustainability of the sector, what good looks like, not just from contractor perspective, but for patients and for alleviating the pressures on the NHS. And they will be drawing on what they've seen as being good practice and innovation and things that can be built on arising from the work that was done during the pandemic. Um, I think the big challenge, Richard, honestly, is going to be moving beyond the current pressures to actually be thinking about what could the future look like to create a sort of positive vision for community pharmacy and some shared ambitions. We're very good at visions in pharmacy. We've had loads over the years, but nothing ever really happens or changes as a result of them. What's going to be different this time? 
Well, that's interesting you say that. Obviously, I haven't been in the sector forever, but I've looked at some of the other visions and strategies that have been done in the past. And actually, I think quite a lot of the ideas they put forwards have actually been come to pass. You know, they have been incorporated into uh, the current uh, contractual framework. I think you'll have seen some of those ideas about clinical services and expansion have been trailed before in previous vision projects. Um, But nevertheless, I think now is a critical time where it's really important that we do something to try and switch the dial because we're under such unprecedented pressures and the next contractual framework is going to be so important to the sector that we think it's really important that we we get behind something now. And I guess what we're trying to do that will be different this time is we are engaging with two independent think tanks. So it will be independently authored for really critical reasons, not just because of their expertise, and they've got some expertise in previous visions and strategies, but also because they have a lot of insight and access to the uh, thinking that goes on within the Department of Health and with NHS England. So they have some insight about that. And they also have the capacity to engage more widely and with more influence than we have in terms of being able to engage Department of Health, um, NHS England, uh, local authorities, um, ICBs, Um, also with patient groups and other health bodies. So I think that that scope of being able to get into and align with the emerging thinking for primary care on the other side of the table is really important. And I think also just as important is providing really a safe space for some, you know, hopefully challenging views um, where they can actually bring together through lots of different avenues, input from the sector, from LPCs, from everyone uh, who cares about the future of community pharmacy to actually sort of uh, maybe break the back of some of the more difficult issues that we might might face as a sector or the barriers that we, you know, we encounter uh, trying to work more fully with uh, primary care and with health. Yeah, so going forward then, how is it going to work with um, the Nuffield Trust and the and the King's Fund? What What is their role in the process? So their role is very much as being the authors of this piece of work. And I have had to keep saying that to people because they will be convening a steering group, uh, which will be largely made up of contractors with a real cross-section and lots of different hats that they wear. Um, They'll also be convening the advisory panel, which draws more widely on the sector bodies, on health and government and academics and other people with an interest in this subject area. So they will be convening those groups. We will be convening at PSNC some of the the four working groups that we're setting up. And so they will be able to engage with those and, and ask and facilitate those questions that they want to ask. Um, alongside the fact that they'll also be doing um, up to about 60 interviews with stakeholders where they'll be really able to probe 
um, the expertise and insights of those people they're interviewing. But what's really critical about their role is they're doing desk research too, to look at what's gone before, what are the things that succeeded, what were the blocks and barriers. They're going to also look at international examples. So really build, you know, what can we learn from elsewhere um, in terms of different ways of approaching community pharmacy. Um, and then they will be very much um, bringing together their initial report, which we'll consult on again, and we'll have a lot of active engagement around, but also then being the authors of the report. And I think that's really important because that independence of the report is also not just building on their expertise, but also their authority. Because I think in the past, you know, if we produce... Um, a report which ends up saying, you know, you need a sustainably funded community pharmacy sector. You, I think that government and NHS might say, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? Yeah, whilst, yeah. yeah whilst National Trust and King's Fund can actually, um, you know, if they think that's the, the right answer, then they can be putting that across with a bit more authority and weight. Um, and then we will be turning that into the platforms we can use for our negotiations for the next CPCF. Janet, how do you assess the appetite for change among contractors and the sector as a whole? I mean, the, the funding situation, as you mentioned, is in, increasingly bleak and, and yeah. costs are rising inexorably. And pharmacy owners now have an increase in the national living wage to absorb on, yeah. on top of everything else. So more money in fair funding is clearly a must. Yet at the same time, it might be argued that it's uh, still in the interest of some contractors to have a, a contract that is primarily still volume and margin driven. So is, is the sector at one on the need for fundamental change? I don't know if they are. And I think we need to really expose that. I think sometimes the sector struggles to have really open and honest debate without people falling behind particular battle lines. Um, and I think that's why we need to have almost like a safe space to do this piece of work. But what we're trying to do is really pull out that forward thinking, because I think when you're under so much sort of existential pressure in terms of your businesses and your survival, it brings out the competitive edge and it brings out a kind of like the, you know, a reiteration of all the problems barriers and pressures, which is completely understandable. But we do need to do something to tap into what we saw actually during the pandemic, which is there's a lot of enterprise and there's a lot of commitment to patients in this sector. So we need to really draw out those ambitions. And, you know, I've been going around, uh, as usual, talking to LPCs and talking to contractors in the last couple of weeks. And people are saying, oh, and they're, they're identifying ideas, um, locally commissioned um, partnerships, um, approaches um, in in innovations that have been introduced. We need to throw that all into the mix. So I don't, I can't honestly say there will be people who just want to go back to 2015 and to see funding and and say, be safe and sure. But the world has changed, and we need to change with it. So I think that that we may have to have a bit of challenge built into this process. But I think everyone recognises that we're not going to go back to dispensing only. We need to, dispensing is essential and fundamental part of what we do, but we have to think further about how we can develop clinically in terms of services we can provide. And we also have to make our case 
with more of a patient perspective and in terms of both quality effectiveness and cost effectiveness as being part of that argument. So look, I'm really hoping that we'll find a variety of ways to encourage people to challenge them to think creatively and positively about the future, but also some honest debate about where the challenges and blocks lie. So back to the vision then. Uh, Remind us of the timings. Uh, What are the next steps? The next steps, uh, we launched in in October. As I said, the literature review and the desk research is ongoing. Um, The consultation will end on the 9th of December. And um, that will be obviously collated and and pulled into uh, the uh, emerging findings from all of the stakeholder interviews and then the uh, working groups, the steering group and the advisory panel sessions, which will be ongoing through into the new year. Um, I think for some people, the initial consultation may be a bit too open-ended. And so I think the next stage, we will be planning more engagement events in the new year to actually try and start focusing down on some of the key strategic questions that we want to be asking the sector. So the initial report, uh, which will start pulling out those and pulling that together, will be coming out at the end of March, beginning of April. And again, that will be more detailed consultation process. And I think some people might find that easier to respond to some provocations and some questions. Um, And then finally, um, the report, the final report will be due to come out early summer, around June. And obviously, what we're trying to do is combine that maximise the opportunity for engagement and input and ideas and feedback on the emerging questions, whilst also keeping an agile process because we want to inform our negotiations and our strategy for the next uh, contractual framework. Please do get involved and keep uh, keep paying attention. Um, see, take the opportunities as they arise, whether directly as a contractor through your LPC, through your umbrella body. Please contact us, uh, put your thoughts in, and uh, let's keep the conversation, the dialogue going with everyone. That's great, Janet. Um, thank you very much indeed. Thanks so much, Richard. Janet Morrison there. My thanks to Janet for finding the time in her busy schedule to talk to the podcast. Interesting conversation, wasn't it? The first thing I take from it is if you want to have your say on the future of community pharmacy, make sure you respond to the consultation. Surveys like this aren't always the easiest to complete, especially when the answers are free text. And some of the questions are, shall we say, very involved and even rather complex But it's an important opportunity to get your views across and I'd encourage anyone with an interest to have a go and fill out the survey. Janet, I thought, was uh, very interesting on the role of the Nuffield Trust and the King's Fund in this exercise. It's very clear that this will be an independent vision and report produced at the end of all of this. Uh, The thinking being that because it's independent, it is more likely to have an impact with government and the NHS than if it was produced by PSNC or the sector alone. That, of course, 
well, it remains to be seen. I actually think it's a shrewd move because, to me, it immediately grounds the work in the realities of what the NHS needs and what patients want from pharmacy. And, and understanding, properly understanding these priorities is vital for pharmacy's future and strategic direction. But we shall see. You have until midnight on Friday the 9th of December to complete the survey, which, as we discussed in the interview, is one of a number of engagement exercises from PSNC that are going to run over the next few months. All the details, plus the survey itself, are on the PSNC website, psnc.org.uk. And, of course, there will be extensive coverage in Pharmacy Magazine, P3 Pharmacy and all our other publications. Thanks again to Janet Morrison. Until the next time, thank you for listening. Talking Pharmacy is brought to you in partnership with Beatrice, supporting pharmacy across RX dispensing, retail and OTC sales and patient service delivery. (laughs) 